0: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no win, no fee personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call one eight hundred Your Claim or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. On the team from Australia. What an up and down that was.
1: In your life have you seen anything like that?
0: Welcome to the Clubhouse. Hey, good everybody. Welcome to the Clubhouse. Great to have your company on this, well, most talked about golfing weekend I can remember in quite a while, Marco. Well, it's great to have your company, Mark Allen, is here in the studio. Good to
1: see you, Jules. How are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm really well. I'm still frustrated about last oh. week. God, I'm frustrated about Ah. last week. But the more I think about the frustration Mm. that was the USGA in that ruling, the more I admire the way Dustin Johnson thought by thought those last seven holes because he was told about this crazy ruling. We'll talk about that a little later in the program. His ability to focus with his history of failing in majors was stunning. Probably the best mental performance I've seen in golf since – uh, Jordan Spieth winning the Masters at the age of 20 yep that was I mean they that, that were two remarkable mental performances I think I'm going to give it to Dustin considering <laughs> considering you <laughs> know a, at, at the Pebble Beach yeah tour, uh, US Open where he sh- leading going in the last day and shoots 81 or 80 or something crazy um, then we There's saw so wh- much history in there with oh him. mate uh, whistling straight what happened to him there with uh, grounding the club in a what he thought was probably just a bit of dirt, mm-hmm. sandy dirt area, which could have been a, a waste area. Ended up, you know, the USGA ruling it was a bunker. 600 bunkers that week and 400 of them were waste areas. <laughs> you can tell me if you can know. Yeah. I mean, all that sort of stuff. Um, plus, you know, it's just some of the things he's done in the Masters. I mean, this guy, the way he drives the ball, everyone admires it. Yep. But you don't get many people who drive the ball like that who then, when you look at the strokes gain stats from... 50 to 125 out proximity to the hole is number one. Mm. So the the two together, you know, we've been asking, and I think, you know, he had a win that long ago. He had his ninth victory on tour, and he's been out there for a long time. Uh, For him not to have won a major, I mean, this, you know, surprised everybody because the talent is there. We all know that. But this now, um, considering what he did mentally, and that's always been the question mark, this could be, the floodgates opening for Dustin Johnson. He's a star. Oh, my.
0: Absolute star. And when, when you consider the pressure he was on, and the pressure then comes off the tee, Correct. which is which is what the big thing at US at Open. At US Open, absolutely. Finding the fairway. Yep. Number one for strokes gained off the tee, 2.4, led the whole tournament, Marco. So under that sort of pressure, he was, he 2. was 2.4 delivering.
1: strokes gained in front of the rest of the field.
0: And the next best was wow. Jason Duffner, who ranked two at 1.5. Yeah. So he's nearly a whole shot. Well, see, extraordinary. Moment. See, he's
1: had this advantage in his back pocket for so long. I mean, since probably probably since the second or third year that he was out on tour. I mean, everyone used to talk about the potential, that magic word, of Dustin Johnson. Mm. And when you drive the ball like this character does, I mean, one, he hits it a million miles, but two, he hits it with a fade. And he hits it with a fade with a really shut club face, which is pretty much the way to do it um, if you want to hit the power fade, yep. um, and there's nothing better, mate. You know, it's the old Lee Trevino saying. The old <laughs> Lee Trevino saying, which sticks in your head for a long time, all the amateurs are trying to draw it, and all the pros are trying to fade it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's been that way for a long time. So this guy hits fades um, with a shut club face, which means, I mean, if you don't know what it means, it means that the club face stays square through the hitting area for a long time. Lee Trevino used to do it as well. An unbelievably shut club face at the top, a strong grip, Shut Club Face coming down, and he would just hold it open, hold it open, hold it open. And he was one of the best hitters for the golf ball, one of the most consistent we've ever seen. Dustin Johnson has taken the Lee Trevino thinking through impact to a whole new level mm. and added 60 yards. Yep. To what Lee Trevino <laughs> used to dish out week after week after week.
0: Yeah, we will get of course Marco to the controversy soon, but we thought we'd start off with the positive stuff with with Dustin oh, Johnson. Absolutely, golf because it was extraordinary. I, f- I reckon for me, the up and down he had out of the bunker coming home, yep. where he had no green to work with on that par three, yep. and got up and down. That was the that was the moment you went, "Yep, yep, he's got it."
1: Yeah, that's right. On the sixteenth hole, I reckon. I think he had mm. the hole. Did he hit the hole uh, a ten footer on the way back? Yeah, Is I reckon. Is that the one you're yep, thinking about? Yep. So. When he held that 10-footer, I mean, that was the one. Mm. No one knew what penalty he was going Mm -hmm. to get. No one knew whether it was going to be no penalty, a one-shotter, or a two-shotter. And the reason is because when your ball moves, if you have been deemed for that ball to move, um, if you don't place it back, then it's a two-shot penalty. Mm -hmm. So no one knew. (laughs) No one knew whether he was one shot in front, even with... You know the guy's coming second, or one shot behind the guy's coming second. That's another story. We'll get to it. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a tick. But I I agree that the ten foot putt that he held on the sixteenth—that's when okay, let's see how tough you are. And he as was as tough as you ever seen. It was a beautiful stroke, a beautiful weighted, um, a a beautiful weighted tempo. I know it kind of sounds weird, but that's the sort of stuff you look for. The tempo in that situation was magnificent. Um, He stayed still. His body still moved. Uh it was just beautiful to watch, poetry to watch. And then I'll tell you what, you know, again when he got on that seventeenth team pulled out Driver, you know, I thought, wow, you know, this this is the thing. I mean, does yeah. the I am thinking to myself, does he actually know? Does he actually know what, what is going on? Yeah. Does he actually know whether he's one shot in front did he have a feel for it because well, i thought if he thought he was one shot in front you would just take the 6 iron out and yeah. hit a 6 iron down the fairway yeah. and then cuz you're so good from uh with the wedges in your hand you just wedge it on the middle of the yeah. green and hopefully you hold a hold a quick putt you know downhill
0: what about the uh the pro- approach into 18 oh. <laughs> seriously ha- and I, I didn't think anyone had done that all day no no uh,
1: <laughs> one one is a, it's it's a it's a tough hole off the tee. Yeah. So he's nailed his drive. I reckon it might have been a little bit healy to tell you the truth. It might have been a little bit off But sometimes that drive out of the heel starts low and cuts back to the centre. It's all, sometimes it's the it's the safest way to hit a yeah. golf ball under a lot of pressure. Roger Davis did it for 20 years of his golfing life. Healed him right down the middle, and I reckon Dustin Johnson did exactly the Sometimes same thing. there's
0: nothing wrong with healing them. Nothing wrong with
1: healing them straight down the middle when your club head speeds 128 yeah, miles per hour. Right. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But to be over the golf ball, ready to pull the trigger, with the history that Dustin Johnson had, and not knowing the real, mm. you know, I think it was three shots in front of that stage. Yeah, Not really knowing what the situation Could was. Could have been one shot in front. Then some cameraman's earphone goes off, goes doot doot
0: doot, and he
1: had to stop. He stops in that situation, comes back. Now, I've seen players explode, explode in that situation. Yeah. But he, he, his head was in the right place. Yep. He just, he looked. He said, "Come on, mate," and went back to it. Uh, got back into his rhythm. Got his head back in the game, and then with the aid. Of the pro tracer, one of the great inventions in golf. How how good! Telecast. It was magnificent. That ball was gun barrel (laughs) straight.
0: Gun barrel straight. It was just one line up and down. Yeah, gun. In fact, we were really lucky.
1: I reckon. I reckon the uh, the shot tracer was on a slight angle. Yeah. Because that's the only reason we saw it coming down. Yeah. It was such a beautiful shot. Landed in the right place. It probably, you know, going six, uh, I reckon it was a four-footer. I reckon it was a four-foot putt. It was the quickest putt on the golf course, really. But it didn't matter at that stage, and he hit a beautiful putt. Birdieing the last. I think he had three birdies on the day and just one bogey on that front nine. The shoot, the 68. Then the USGA turned it into a 69 or whatever happened. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember the last score. I was just so frustrated with what the USGA were doing. Yeah. That was magnificent, I heard, man.
0: I heard an interview with you um Mid morning after the after the tournament, you were fired up. I was disgusted. Yeah, I really
1: was disgusted, and, and I will release a little bit more of that disgust after the next break. I can <laughs> promise you because it's just it was it, it had the potential mm. to do real damage to our sport. Yeah, and I'll I'll talk about that in a tick. What do you think of Jason Day's performance?
0: Um, I thought he was. Unlucky on the first day, yep. really unlucky yep. in the in terms of the conditions that he was on and off, on yep. and off. Um, he didn't know whether he was going to be playing shots or he was about to finish. Yep. He did not get didn't, any momentum. That first day,
1: nothing happened, basically. He yep. ended up hitting off on the second day, and that is frustrating because yep. you're right, he was out of the clubhouse, back to the clubhouse, yep. out of the clubhouse, back to the clubhouse. All right, I've got to wait for Friday to start my golf. Yep. So, yeah, that is that is horribly frustrating for any golfer.
0: And that course is so mentally draining, Marco. To, oh, yeah. You, well, I wouldn't know because I haven't played a bit. Yeah, no, it is. From what the guys say, yeah, no, it's so mentally on. draining. And for him to have to play so much golf in such yeah. a short amount of time was tough. Yeah, it was tough. It was tu- and for him to be able to come out on the Saturday mm. and play the way he did. Mm. Yeah, 31 on the front night. Yeah, contention. it was very good.
1: Yeah, you know, the way I saw Jason Day play, he's number one player in the world. And I reckon he had an off week. Yeah. And he was still still, still had a chance to win on the back nine on Sunday, yeah. and that's where you want to be as the number one player in the world.
0: But he was probably yeah you're right. He was probably two, three, four, maybe five percent off, and mm-hmm. on that course, he had so many I reckon good shots in, yeah. and he just couldn't quite get to the right part of the green, and it would roll yes, back to the front. It was a or lot it of would that go over to the side, and then it would roll right away. You're exactly right. And he had putts that just. Just lipped out, yep. or just rolled over the edge of the, um, the yep. hole. Yep, just couldn't quite. Wasn't he, his he
1: had frustrating runs of yeah. golf yep. where he found himself over par. Um, but you know, if you watch the whole week, he was a factor pretty much mm. uh, for the last two rounds. Uh, just on what you were talking about before, Dustin Johnson didn't get the play the first day no. as well. I think he played. I think he played thirty five holes yep. in one day. I don't think he finished his round. But after two rounds of golf, U.S. Open. So two, basically two rounds in one day. He hit thirty-one greens in thirty-six holes mm. in a U.S. Open. Extraordinary, extraordinary. Now that was aided by the downpour the day before. Yep. But still, mate. <laughs> well, thirty-one greens yeah. in thirty-six holes in a U.S. Open. It, it, it doesn't happen very often. What it just you, doesn't.
0: How quick would it have been if they didn't have that downpour?
1: Yeah. Well now now, now you're starting to talk my language because yeah. um i th- I think the greens on Thursday and Friday without the downpour i, I don't think they would have been I, I well, I know from experience that amateur people running professional tournaments don't have much clue yeah they they don't they just don't they don't and we've seen it and i'm going I'm going to go ballistic after the break, yeah. but they just don't they don't so I think the greens would have been faster and harder um, pretty much for the whole mm-hmm. event, and I reckon by. Sunday, they probably would have been out of control, and it could have really derailed the whole tournament. So I think, in actual fact, now looking back, and, and Oakmont pretty much has the fastest greens in the world for professional majors. It it does. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's got this strain of Poa Poa po- po- um, uh, grass on the greens that no one's ever seen before. No one can re-, re. No one seems to be able to recreate it. But you know the members. Played this golf course and the greens are running at fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Why they would want to do that, I've got no idea. Because
0: but they they love the prestige of where the are tough. Oh, yeah, it's
1: tough course. Of Course yeah. they do. Of course they do. But what it does is it makes the course less interesting. Because if you have greens at the correct speed for your golf course, then you can put the pins in interesting spots. Instead, when the greens are running at sixteen, you've got to find flat spots. Yeah. So one flat spot after another. And and I was talking about this during the week. Somewhere like Royal Melbourne. The correct green speed for Royal Melbourne, with the slope on the Royal Melbourne greens, is probably twelve, twelve and a half. And if there's no wind, they can sneak it up to thirteen. And it's you can still have an interesting Royal Melbourne layout uh, for somewhere like uh, Victoria Golf Club, where the greens are just on a, on an angle, yeah. basically. There's no real, you know, there's no real slope to them. They are just on an angle, set from back to front, pretty much every green. You can only have them running at about 11.5 or 12. At Huntingdale, when Huntingdale had the Australian Masters for 30 years, before they redid the golf course and kind of half stuffed it up, um, it's getting back to where it should be now, by the way. But when the old days when the Greens were dead flat, they used to play that tournament with the Greens running at 15 or 16. Yeah. And it was okay. Mm. You could still put pins all over the Greens, and they were very flat. And even though the green's running at 16, the wind really didn't have that much effect on the ball oscillating or moving off its place. But at this golf course, to really see all the interesting pin positions that you could have, probably 13 or 14 would be the go. Yep. And you could really use all the green. But I, I just feel like if the members are bragging about their golf course, their green's running at 16, it would be, in in the end, a boring golf course to play day after day because you you, you just don't have many pick. options. Yeah. You don't have, and you're always flat. You're always putting to a flat, a flat hole. You know, you want the curlers, you want those curling putts. You yeah. want to see players having to fade a six iron to a back right yeah, pin, or absolutely. draw a eight iron to a back lefter. You want to see all that sort of stuff.
0: Before we get to a break, mm-hmm. what did you make of the Fox Sports coverage? Coverage?
1: Oh, I turned it down in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't impressed. But look, they're so new to it. I think, you know, they'll 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 take a while. Like everything. You know they'll they'll sort the bugs out and they'll they'll make it better. So I'm. I'm, I'm
0: technology was good though.
1: The technology unreal. Yeah, technology fantastic. Uh, maybe the chemistry not quite there. Yeah, probably. But you know they can work on that. Mm-hmm. They, they've got a long time to work on it. So. Love
0: the split screen, Marco, with the uh, the tracer on the left side. Yes. And then the almost like the Hawkeye on the right. that was a right, great innovation. Where it was showing you exactly where it was in relation to the fairway and following the ball down. Yeah, I'm
1: with you. I, because I, I,
0: There's nothing worse in golf, I reckon, watching. And seeing a ball, a white ball on a blue sky or a yeah. white sky background and watching it fly. you got no idea no where idea. it's going. <laughs> no idea. Seriously, no idea where no it's idea.
1: going. And that Dustin Johnson shot that we saw to the 72nd hole to win yeah. the tournament. Um, yeah. that If they just kept that shot. Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't be able to see anything. But yeah. the Pro Tracer, it is magnificent. So I'm, I'm with you. I think the Fox Sports uh, technology, split screens, pl- Pro Tracer, yeah. probably stats. All that sort of stuff was great. I think chemistry amongst the uh, presenters uh, probably just needs to lift its Good game. But to. but they'll be right. Yep, they'll be right, mate. They've got so many people to choose from over there.
0: Didn't mind too, Marco. A bit of po- they didn't do it live, but post show mm-hmm. and uh, in the highlights so they had a few of the guys mic'd up. You said Jordan Spieth and his caddy uh, were mic'd up a little bit, and they talked about. Uh, they went back and played um, what he was talking to his caddy about before he played his shot, which I know is something that you want in all golf. Why would they
1: do that? Why would they recreate it? Why wouldn't they just put a microphone on the caddy and actually do it live? Well, yeah. Anyway, US Open... At least they had a crack. At least they had a crack. Yeah. But they're silly. Yeah. Because pros don't want to wear the microphone. Yeah. But when you have people in close proximity, if you and I, if you're my caddy and I'm uh-huh. playing and you're in the mic... Yeah. I mean, in the end, you would just know that my caddies were in the mic and you would talk to help people listen. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's just the way people in the entertainment. Ah, you're in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. You would help. You would help the entertainment industry with those chats, player catty chats. You just would.
0: We're going to get to a break, Marco. We're going to come back and talk about the controversy that was the final round and Dustin Johnson's penalty stroke. Was it a penalty stroke? Was it not? And perhaps I think the most extraordinary interview I've seen in quite a while, and that was Jeff Hall on the Fox Sports coverage mid-round.
1: He was made to look stupid. It was beautiful. We'll talk about that next. Well done to the Fox people (laughs) for making the USGA look stupid when it was needed to
0: be done. This is The Clubhouse. Back after this. In your room. Have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. If you have a rules official there, okay, on that hole, I thought that it was binding, his decision. Whatever he decides, that's what you decide. And sometimes you may call in for a second rules official, for a second um, explanation, and that that ruling is, is binding. I just didn't understand how they could say that um, we, we may or may not assess you a penalty. Uh, you still have six holes to go, but, you know, who knows who's leading the U.S. Open? I just saw that the guys were making a lot of mistakes coming in because I don't I don't think that... I think because it became such an unnerving situation, uh, I didn't think it was fair to anybody. It wasn't fair to Dustin. It wasn't fair to the other players who had a chance. Um, this wasn't fair to anyone. Wasn't fair to anyone. There's Tiger Woods talking about the controversy at the final round of the U.S. Open, mm. Marco. Uh, he doesn't
1: smash too many people. Doesn't, does he? But... You know, probably the tone of the voice didn't sound like a smashing, but for Tiger Woods, that is a smash. Yeah, He is really, I mean, that's that's as angry and as, you know, it's as much venom you'll ever see from the guy when he's talking about a body of golf. He's talking about the USGA, and, you know, the thing that he said then that was really interesting is that he thought that that's why everybody was making mistakes coming down the stretch. And, you know, I, I hadn't thought of it like that. You know, I just thought, it's a US Open, but he's a guy who would know. He's a guy who understands the mental state that you need to be in to n- not only compete, but to win yeah. at this level. And for him to actually know and feel in, him- in himself that this wouldn't surprise me one bit why one player after another was failing under the heat of the US Open when, you know, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, the Greens were soft. Of yeah. course, might have been long, but the Greens were soft. Um, you know, that, that adds weight. To what everybody has been saying for, you know, six days now, that it was the most disgraceful rules decision we've ever seen in the game. Worst ever in history. In history. And the worst bit was the USGA, these people at the top trying to defend what they did. <laughs> yeah. and you know what they did? They they, they, they they tried to defend it with two words one proximity and one another word instantaneous. So when you watch it, and you just saw it a little while ago on the screen, it's still going. Still, mate, it is still, still going around. Um, when you see the proximity that uh, Dustin grounded his putter in his practice strokes, yeah, he's really close to the ball. But there's a player the day before. His name was Waddle. Forget his first name, uh, but his second name was Waddle. Yep. He grounded his club behind the ball, and the ball moved. But they had a look at that and they said, "You've got no case to answer." So when these two characters came on and they saw Dustin with the proximity of his practice stroke ground his club, and then they used that other term um, about when the ball moved, they said it moved at the same time as he grounded his putter while he was looking at the hole, and then he put put the.
0: It did not. No, it
1: didn't. There was, that putter was p- just putter a lie. The putter was in the air. The putter was well and truly in the air. The putter had been grounded. Then he then, – this is what players do. This is what players do. The last look, they have the putter on the ground. So mm-hmm. when they're looking, it can't wobble into the ball because it's on the ground. So that's what they do. They have a couple of practice strokes. Guys who have their practice strokes next to the ball have a couple of practice strokes while they're looking at the ball, ground the putter, then look at the hole for the last time, and the reason they ground the putter is so it can't wobble into the ball. Then they looked back, put the putter up in the air, and started to move it behind the ball. Now we've all seen the footage. Yeah. That ball didn't move until he was just about to, just about to ground the ball, ground the putter again right behind the ball. Luckily he did not. Luckily he didn't. Hmm. So for these guys to get up. And use the the synchronicity, I think the term was synchronicity yep. of the grounding of the club as a reason for why they overturned the ruling. Well, that's just a lie, mm. a blatant, disgusting, you know, life changing lie. If Dustin Johnson got affected by that on the on the twelfth tee, was affected if he did. Yep. and he lost another major. You wouldn't blame him for never recovering. Mm. Just, it, it, I mean, it still makes me mad. It, every, every single tour player, when they looked at it, not one of them thought that the ruling was yeah. correct. And, and like Tiger Woods was talking about then, there was a walking official yes. with every group, like there is pretty much in all tournaments, uh, run by amateur bodies. This is the way they do things. You know why they do it? Because it gives all the boys, all the gang, all the amateur boys, a chance to be involved with the biggest <laughs> tournament that they run. Yeah. And that's Okay. That's okay, but they've got to be competent. And the guy who was walking with Dustin Johnson was very competent. Dustin Johnson didn't put the putter down and and try to hide what happened. Dustin Johnson saw the ball move, put his hand up in the air, brought the playing partner over, brought the rules official over. The rules official said, did you cause that ball to move? He said, no, I didn't. I didn't put the putter down behind the ball. Mm -hmm. It's not part of the rule, by the way. If you ground the putter these days, the the reasoning is, uh, the ruling is, did you cause the ball to move? Yes. So he's done everything right. And, you know, in this game, they, they jump up and down and they shout from the treetops that we don't need referees, we don't need umpires <laughs> in our game because it is a moral... You well, know, that's right. Noble, it's a noble sport, and we make the decisions ourselves. Yes. So this guy's made the decision himself, and the USGA have destroyed that notion for everybody who is watching this week.
0: Yep. And I think the thing is, Marco... That the fact that Dustin Johnson won has saved the USGA. Oh, saved, saved it. I reckon the greatest embarrassment in sport for decades. Yeah. Oh. If he had a loss by a shot. Oh. I, if he if answer he, me this. Answer me this. Yep. If he hadn't have played as well as he did. Yep. And he was leading by one shot, or was tied for the lead. Yep. After eighteen, after his seventy second hole, and they pinged him a shot, and he lost. Would the they have pinged him a shot? Yeah, they would have. They knew. Do you reckon they, they would?
1: They knew they were going to ping him from watching the video, and they've said as much because of the synchronicity of the grounding of the club and the ball moving, which there was none.
0: Yeah, but there reckon, was no
1: synchronicity. Do
0: you reckon though, if they had to make that decision without the pressure or with the pressure of knowing that it was going to be tournament result changing? Oh, they would have they loved would it, have mate. They you, would have loved it.
1: Ah, oh, they would have loved it. This is what these people do. It's uh-huh. their one chance. Uh-huh. To be involved in a tournament. But, and okay. they would have loved it. There was no... there was. I mean, you, you go back and you... We just saw it again. And you and I both watched it again. Yeah. There's no way he caused that ball to move. No. Not a chance. And these idiots at the USGA, they had the Greens running so quick. So quick. And they think that the Greens are billiard tables. They're not. Yeah. There are spike marks. There are heel marks. There are caddy shoe marks. There are... The inconsistencies of the grass growing during the day that unlevels that putting surface. Yes. There is a thing called gravity. Have they heard of that? There are so <laughs> many things. Not. So when they took in Dustin Johnson, this is this is what they said. They said, um, "Can you give us a reason, um, a reason why that ball moved?" And he said, "No, I can't." If he had said, "Yeah, I've got have got a, I've got a bunch of them." One gravity, two yeah. heel marks, three grass grows at different <laughs> speeds. Four, you've got in. the you've got the course, you've got these course greens running at, at a ridiculous at a ridiculous pace for a tournament. If he'd have done that, looked them in the eye, I don't think they would have had. I think they would have thought twice. Yeah. We, as professional golfers, we've been screaming about this for a long time. Amateur bodies running big events. You know, this is where tournaments get destroyed. 2002, the Australian Open. Famous walk-off. Famous. Uh, it was a famous walk-off. And it was a three-round event. Which
0: you came in and said this Well, morning, I wasn't going to say it. I led the walk-off. <laughs> well, in actual
1: fact, you get it right, I, I saved the reputation of Australian <sighs> golf, basically, that day. Because wow. it was a disgrace. That that day, it was perfect weather. And the ball couldn't stay next to the hole. Yeah. It couldn't stop next to the hole. So they had the flattest possible you know, pin placement areas. The greens were running at sixteen mm. because the, um, uh, the what, what was it? It's not Golf Australia. It was another. It used to be called the A uh, the AGU Australian Golf Union. That's what it was. The AGU wanted a real test at Victoria that year, so they had the greens. The greens were purple <laughs> on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and they didn't water the greens. Those greens were a mess, yeah. mate, and the ball wouldn't stop next to the flattest part on the hole. That's how quick they were. There was there's an amateur body running the golf tournament. Yep. Anyway. Of the walk off, they came to me and the boss, and I forget his name, I'm glad I forget his name, but the boss of the AGU came up to me and said, Mark, these greens aren't running any faster than when we cut them at six, you know, five o'clock in the morning. I said, Yeah, mate, that's right, that is right. Around the outskirts of the greens, where nobody has been walking, these greens are probably running the same. Yeah, but there have been a hundred players. I was, you know, hit off in the afternoon, there have been a hundred players pick up their golf ball from the hole. So that means 100 people have been standing right next to the hole. Plus their caddies have been standing right next to the hole. So yeah, the outskirts of the greens, they might have been running at the same, 16, when they cut the greens in the morning. But where the hole was, they were now running at 17, because everyone had stamped the grass down (laughs) even more. They just just didn't. He just didn't get it. And it was beautiful. I'm not going to say the guy's name. But the Australian tour, the man who ran it back in those days, he was right there. And he was laughing his bum off. Yep. He was laughing because this idiot who was running the Australian Open back in 2002 had been found out, and it was beautiful, man. Yep. It was it was unbelievable. You
0: speak about different organisations running tournaments, Marco. Should the PGA in the US take over all of the... All of the tournaments,
1: PGA Tour should, yeah, and yeah. the European Tour should. They yeah. they they always have representatives there, but they're not running the the show. So the
0: four different, so the four major tournaments are all run by different people. Yeah, from that's from right, the normal yeah. normal
1: tour. Yeah, yeah. I here is another example. Another example. Remember the year Tiger Woods um, marked an incorrect scorecard. He, he he actually hit the pin. He went back and hit the pin, and the ball went in the water. Um, so he he went. In that situation, you actually have to go back to the exact spot, basically the exact spot, hit another shot, yep. or you go back where it went into the hazard and he would have had to come across. So he went back to go in the exact spot, but he knew in his head the right number that he hits that you know particular yeah. club. So he went backwards and paced out two or three paces back and dropped it from there. So he's taken the wrong drop. Yep. And written down six on the scorecard, where in actual fact, because he dropped it in the wrong place, it was probably a seven. Yeah, Signed his scorecard. Went home, woke up the next day, and they said, You know that scorecard that you did okay. yesterday by the way. The one that you signed. That one that for a hundred years of professional golf, every player in that situation who signs an incorrect scorecard is disqualified. Mm. Don't worry about that. We'll let you play. I mean it was held down by every professional golfer I'd ever seen. Though it was one it was a rule for Everybody else in the tournament, which yep. would have been disqualification, but the number one player in the world, he got the play on the weekend. There is a case again of another body running a major tournament making a horrendous, yep. a horrendous mistake. I mean, I don't understand these guys. You're running your tournament. Well done. You don't just just let the guys who are good at it do yeah. the rules, <laughs> right? You can mark the scorecard, you can present the trophy, you can put the green jacket on, but when we're talking about the rules of golf and how professional sport. Golf should be played. Just let the pros do it. Yep. You guys just, you know... They go, do it every
0: week. Go and have a beer at the clubhouse. Let them do it.
1: Just just nick off. Yeah. Just nick off and let the boys who know what they're doing run the big tournaments. Final
0: one before we uh, take a break, Marco. Yeah. Has the notion of the benefit of the doubt for players... Is it gone now?
1: Well, I, I, again, you know, the, the R&A and the USGA... They will shout from the highest treetops that this sport is different and better because we self-regulate. Yeah. So you know, in this in this situation, they didn't let him self-regulate. No. They they came in over the top as referees, and that's why they look stupid. Yep. So, I think I think hopefully that. You know, as a golfer, and you too, mate. You know when you do something wrong, yep. you've got to call that penalty. Absolutely. That's why this game is different from the other games, and why, the, you know, the sponsors all want to get on board. So, if you if you if you're going to call it a noble sport because of that, then you've got to you've actually you've got, got, got to empower by. the player. Mm.
0: You've got to empower that player. That's it. It's been the cornerstone of golf for. For a million years. Since the beginning. Yep. Going to get to a break. Jordan Spieth's coming down under to play in the Australian Open again, Marco. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that next. Beautiful.
1: In your life have you seen anything like
0: that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. I guess you
1: could say Dustin Johnson's halfway to the Grand Slam of poorly handled rules situations. He's <laughs> got the PGA of America, which Mike used the term a big bogey. That was a triple bogey. That cost him the tournament. That was That was a mess. And this thing could have been much bigger than a big bogey and asking for a mulligan and, and where we are right now. There was not a player in the locker room I talked to. The looks on the faces of Jeff Hall and Tom Pagel indicated how un, 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 uneasy they were with the entire situation. This is no doubt, no matter what the apology is and no matter how first class Mike was there, this hurts the USGA's credibility, whether it's you know, uh, taking away your putter or potentially taking away the, P- the US Open from Dustin Johnson. You know, luckily this wasn't much worse than it could have been.
0: One of the better shows on the Golf Channel in the US, Marco. That's Golf Central from the Golf Channel. Oh, um, Why don't we get this Golf Channel down here? Be great to get here, that fascinating argument about the Dustin Johnson saga.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh well, that's the way it goes, mate.
1: And yep. uh, they made the USGA again, another body making the USGA look mm, pretty foolish. Yeah.
0: Be good to get the Golf Channel out here, wouldn't it? Oh. Come on, Foxtel, sort oh, it, it out. Seriously, just organise it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, be so easy. It's yeah. so good. You know, that's it's good.
1: Yeah, you know, Golf Channel. They have their own. Uh, breakfast program,
0: yeah, and they have their own reality TV shows, yeah, all that stuff. It's great. That speed bre- golf, <laughs> that breakfast program
1: on the Eastern Seaboard of Australia would start at about nine o'clock yeah. at night. That'd be awesome, be like so Mike good. and
0: Mike on ESPN. Exactly, boom, exactly. Hey, Too easy. Jordan Spieth's coming down to the Australian Open it's at the Australian Golf Club, of course, where he won uh, twenty fourteen. Huge,
1: it's a huge, oh, it's huge. A huge performance. Look, uh, little birdies are telling me that Adam Scott and Jason Day are pretty much. Um, are very close to putting yep. their names down. Mm. If that happens, that's great news for the World Cup. Yes. Because they'll all be coming here. That's Rory McIlroy, we saw, doesn't want to get no involved with the Rory. Olympics. Yep. The Zika virus has scared him off. Tell me this. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. If the Zika virus broke out mm. in a state called Georgia yeah. in April, nah. do you reckon all the pros would still turn up I'd and try and win the green jacket? I reckon jacket? they might. I, I think they'd take the risk. Yeah. It's just another... It's another one, and you know the boxing. How about the boxing? The amateur boxing in the Olympics. So the pros are going to take away um, uh, the belts of any professional uh, boxer who goes to the Olympics. You know, it's just what are the what's what's this Olympic people? What are they what are they doing?
0: Have you noticed Marco that the only people thinking about pulling out of the Olympics because Mm. of the Zika virus Mm. are athletes from sports where it doesn't really matter much to them, like Andrew Bogut. Yeah. And Delavadova, Vadova. Yeah. And Jason Day. Adam Scott. And Rory McIlroy. Mark Leishman. All the tennis players. Yep, They don't care. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care. But everyone else, fair enough, they want to go. That's their big tournament. Yeah. Anyway. They do not care. Jordan Spieth's coming down. Uh, It's November. Yeah. We've got the World Cup of Golf in Kingston Heath. Yes. Late November. Yes. So hopefully November becomes... Australian golfing heaven. Every
1: player that pulls out of the Olympics, it just gets the World Cup a little stronger and they'll probably have more access to these players coming down to play the Australian Open as well. Run by Golf Australia, who do a great job. Do you know why they do a great job these days, Golf Australia? Because um, uh, Trevor Hurden, who used to be who used to run um, the tour here in Australia and was taken over to the US. He actually did some time. Trevor Hurden runs a tight ship as far as rules and regulation goes. He's a professional. And Golf Australia, to their internal credit, got him over and he runs all their tournaments. Yep. That's why the Australian Open is one of the better amateur-run tournaments the world's ever seen. Yep. Because Trevor Hurden's a gun.
0: How are the Greens going to be at Kingston Heath, Marco, for the World Cup?
1: They'll be perfect, mate. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be perfect. you know why they'll be perfect? Because professional organisation <laughs> will run the World Cup. Yep. It's called the US Tour, and they won't stuff it up. No. There's no way those Greens will be running at 13 or 14, because they know it gets pretty windy here in Melbourne. It gets very, very windy It'll here in very Melbourne. Hot. And if it gets windy, then they can't put the pins in the interesting spots at Kingston Heath, which makes that golf course so good. Yep. So the Greens will probably run at 11.5 or 12. It's good perfect. I like it. They're smart, mate.
0: Very nice. Hey, question without notice, because yes. got a couple of minutes, but Oakmont this week, r- r- widely seen, I reckon, as the uh, toughest golf course in the world. Yep. What's the toughest golf course you've ever played, Marco?
1: Um, well, I'll tell you, there's a couple. There's a couple of golf courses, and but one wind-affected, Moona, where they used to play Australian Opens. They used to. Yes. Um that's another... That's, uh, old, the old AGU thought it was going to be the uh, the home of the Australian Open for a while. That, uh, in a windy day, uh, Moona, the championship course, was, is a very tough one from the backs. Yep. Uh, I played Tory Pines two months before yes. the US Open that uh, uh, Tiger Woods won. That was unbelievably tough. Mm-hmm. All the amateurs that we took over to, to... over there to go to the Masters played and none yep. of them broke 100. Not one of them. So, yep. I mean, it was a very tough golf course the way they set it up. Um... Yeah, they're probably my two toughies. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you're just banging your head against a brick wall. I mean, <laughs> why would you play it? Yeah, yeah. You go play a golf course that's fun to play. Yeah. It's interesting to score. play. Yeah, fun and interesting. That's they're it. the two keys to enjoy yourself that's in the golf course. About? Plus a couple of good mates as well. That's it. Maybe a beer and a toasted cheese sandwich afterwards <laughs> makes golf cool. great. Yes, please. Yeah, sounds nice. good. Hey, got a masterclass?
0: Yeah, I do. We'll get to that right after this. This is the Clubhouse right across Australia. We'll be back with a Masterclass. Marco's Masterclass. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. It's time for Marco's Masterclass, and we do it all for Mandalay Golf Course, Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north, and you can uh, play there uh, seven days a week, clubmandalay.com.au. Just off the Hume Highway, 20 minutes from Melbourne Airport. It's magnificent.
1: Got some good house and land packages too. Yes, I'm led to believe, Jules. Now, in honour of Dustin Johnson winning the US Open, if you are a drawer of the golf ball and you're not getting the results that you need, it's time to start thinking about hitting a fade. It is. Because if your hands are rolling over to hit that draw through impact, then that means that your club face isn't staying square to the target line for very long. Where if you hit fades, that's why the pros are always trying to hit fades is because by definition, when you're trying to leave the club face square or holding it open slightly through impact, the blade stays squarer for longer Mm -hmm. in that impact zone. So if you've been a drawer for a long time, it is now, and and you're not getting anywhere, you're inconsistent. You know, your good shots are always good, but you're not hitting enough good shots. It's time for you to start thinking about hitting that fade. And the easy way to do it is to just hold the club face open through. So to not not release as much. Now, that might sound ridiculous to people who are hitting fades, because we're always telling you to release. (laughs) But if you are a drawer. And, and you are a person who draws the ball and you are an inc- inconsistent golfer, then start trying the hit fades just with your hands through impact. And the, like I said, the blade will stay squarer for longer through impact. Hopefully, you'll become a more inc- a more consistent player. But everyone wants to hit the draw. But as soon as they start hitting the draw, they become inconsistent. Yes. It's not cool.
0: That's it. No, you want to be a consistent, good golfer. Have a look at the uh, Pro Tracer, the US Open. Yeah, that's right. How about all the... Everyone's hitting fades. Everyone's hitting, fade. hitting fades. Oh, Garcia's hitting fades. hitting fades? Everybody's
1: hitting fades. I'd argue almost. He's hitting slots. cuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bubba Watson, you yep. know, with the driver, is hitting fades. Yep. So, you know, you might be looking for that extra 10 yards that a draw gets you. Yep. But the extra 10 yards that a draw will get you will also get you probably 10% more in consistency. Yep. So if you, want the fade, if you want to be a consistent good golfer, try and hit fades off the tee. Very but nice. But only, only do that if you are a drawer. Mm. If you're a fader, keep on trying to hit the ball straight.
0: 20 minutes off the Melbourne, uh, from the Melbourne airport, off the Hume Highway Club at mandalay.com.au. It's Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north, and they bring the uh, mm. Marco's Masterclass to you every week. Good so, I know. Marco, it's been a big show, controversial show. You've been fired up. Yeah. Go and grab That's a cup it. of tea. Yeah,
1: I'm going to start smiling again, yeah. but we'll <laughs> be away. It's been
0: a pleasure. You're away next week? Where Go are you on off next to? week?
1: Uh, I'm not telling. Not telling? No, I'll tell no. you when I get back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see you, buddy. We'll see
0: you then.